You are listening to the sermon podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Church in Savannah. We are an Episcopal congregation in the Diocese of Georgia, and you can find out more about us by visiting www.stmichaelsavannah.com. First Sunday following Easter Day, we get Doubting Thomas. Um, that's kind of pejorative. You know, I think maybe Jesus could have handled that just a bit more sensitively. Um, perhaps he, he, he might have said, uh, Thomas, uh, have you been listening? <laughs> uh, have you been with me so long and you still haven't seen what's going on, have perceived what's going on around you. You see, because I think that if we put this, Jesus' ministry into sort of a larger context, we could probably break it down into three words, and that is love transforms lives. I mean, his approach was different. You know, it was not to advise and cajole, whatever, it was to love and, and take, take what comes of that. You know, argument certainly doesn't work in terms of changing lives. Uh, attempts to control people, that, 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 that doesn't work. Legislation certainly doesn't work. I mean, look at our own country, you know, the deep divisions. And it might be said that we're really not listening to each other. So, you know? And I've come to realize in my ministry over almost 40 years that believe it or not, People really are not looking for my advice. <laughs> what they seem to be asking for from me and my ministry is, is that I'll just listen to them. They're smart enough to make their own decisions. There's someone there just they can understand them, maybe empathize, you know, just be there with them. You know, I think listening at that deepest level, and I want to go into it a little more deeply this morning, is, is a true act of love, and that's in fact what is transformative. That we're all capable of making our own decisions. If someone is just there with an ear that can listen to us and understand us without interjecting their own agenda, advice, and priorities into the conversation. It kind of was put into context for me, oh, it was about, four, about five or six years ago. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be asked by the bishop to go through the, the training to be a coach, and a, a coach for, for clergy and for lay leaders in the Diocese of Georgia. The bishop uh, felt, and I agree 100%, that that's an element that interjected into the diocesan process would be helpful for a lot of people. And I was, uh, and it was about a two-year process for this training to go along, and that's in fact where I first met Father Kevin. Well, uh, during one of our training periods, there was a section that really hit me between the eyes. Uh, I always thought that I was a pretty decent listener. But in this session, I was able to evaluate myself. And, and what they said is there's three levels, three levels of listening. And the first level is the level that's, I guess you could say, is me-focused. So let's say you, you're coming in and you're talking with me, and uh, while you're talking, I'm preparing my response. Uh, 
hardly, hardly listening. In other words, uh, you're, you're saying something that happened in your life, and I'm saying, well, you know, that happened to me a few years back, and this is the way I handled it. And, and uh, very unhelpful. Uh, the second level, of course, is better. It's called, it's you focus. So I'm sitting there, here you are, telling me what you want to tell me, and I'm, I'm focused on you and listening to every word that you say. Uh, now that's better. But what that tends to lapse into is uh, me trying to fix it. I'll see something, I'm going to fix it for you. Or I'm going to give you my uh, uh, sage advice. The, the, the deepest level, the third level, is one that we would call us focused. It's just a time where you and I are present to each other. We are, there's no judgment, there's no prejudice, uh, and all senses are on the alert in this just quiet space that we both occupy. There's not really a you or a me, there's just an us there together. And I believe, in my experience, that's where we contact God beyond the physical. You know, that we can hear the, the nuance, the, the emotions, the nonverbals. So we're, we're there and we can just be present with one another and, 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 and just be there. You're not required to agree. You don't have to agree with one another. We just honor and respect the validity of each other's experience. We're just there listening. And reflecting back on some of my experience after that, I realized that I, quite by accident, I, I got my first experience of that uh, right out of seminary. It was way back there in the late 70s. <laughs> I graduated from seminary, and I'd done pretty well. You know, I was a good student, and I did well in my general ordination exams. And so I was well equipped to go out there and take on a church. The bishop in Colorado sent me over onto the western slope, the other side of the mountains, into a very small little mission that was called in Newcastle, Colorado, which, believe it or not, at one time was the capital of Colorado back when they were a big coal mining operation. Uh, but the mine was shut down, people fled, and just a few people were left there. But they'd been there over 100 years, and a number of families had stayed there. So, I went and I visited, and my first reaction was, well, this is great, boy, these people really need me. You know, I mean, there, there are some things that really need to be taken care of, and I'm fresh out of seminary with all the new ways of doing things, and so uh, it, this, is, this is just this is perfect for me to, to go in here and deal with this. And so <clears throat> uh, I guess during Lent, you had the altar against the wall, which is the old way of doing things. And of course, that had to be changed. You know, <laughs> get the altar out from the wall so the priest didn't have his back to the congregation, was behind the congregation, so this is a sense of us being together, I faced you, so we needed to take care of that. And the church time was nine o'clock and I wanted to get a Sunday school in there because there were a few kids, and so uh, the best time to do it, at least the way I was taught, you know, to do Sunday school first and then you have the church service later, so we had to change the church service time. We had to, 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 to 9 o'clock Sunday school and 10 o'clock church, we had to chase that. And after I was there a little while, and this mission was just a few people, we probably got 15, 16 people in church, you know, to start with. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I, in, 
I, I it was struggling and hard to pay the bills, even though we were supported by the diocese. And the Episcopal Church women had 50 grand in the bank. So boy, we could use that, you know, in the church. So I I, I set out on in making some of the changes. And then one morning, uh, I received a call. I got in my office with a phone call. Uh, it was a senior warden's wife. And she said, uh, Father, I'd like to come in and talk with you, if that's all right. And I said, sure, Laura. Her name's Laura Muscle. Uh, I said, come on in and let's talk. And so she came in very respectful, sat down in the chair. And she said to me, Father, I think it's time that you learn how we do things around here. <laughs> And uh, so the air came out of the balloon, huh? And, uh, but I, somewhat by accident anyway, I, I was able to just listen to her. And that community that's been there over 100 years, and some faithful families that have stayed there, and they loved their church, and they had certain uh, traditions that, that, they, that was very important to them. And uh, technically, as I realized, I was trampling on those. And so was my call actually to go there and fix them? You know, or was it to just be with them? You know, to, to listen, to understand. To, and, and it wasn't that I was a potted plant. Uh, <laughs> so what happened, believe it or not, the altar goes back against the wall. We did not change the service time. We had Sunday school afterwards. And doing those two little things, all of a sudden there was some rapprochement. Uh, we began to start to work together. And even though that wasn't a place that I would ordinarily choose for myself, I never totally fit in with that, there was a connection. You know, and there was a learning. And as soon as I was put in a position where I had to, to listen to them. And I think if there's any success that I've had in my ministry over all these years, it's because I've heard the voice of God and all the Laura bustles. God sent me. Because the greatest gift, I believe, that we can give another person is to listen to them. Perhaps in their mm -hmm. vulnerability, their joy, in their grief, or whatever life circumstances they find themselves. For in this experience of sitting down and listening, we truly encounter the Son of God. 